0: hello hi how are you
1: (laughs) i'm great great listen to any uh any good podcasts recently uh
0: other than this one no i I have my go-tos that i that i like to listen to uh this week in startups all in
1: is that still like five or six days a week
0: uh yeah jay well jason's now doing uh it's, yeah, five days, five days a week. I think he's going to cut down to four at some point. Just, uh, he's is got the NPR of...
1: lady still associated
0: with that show? No, she, um, Mollywood. Yeah, she huh. dropped. Um, huh. just because uh, Jason's time's being um, consumed and, uh, he wanted to, to cut back, um, so that he could focus on some other things. And, um, I guess they agreed to part ways. Um, uh, Amicably. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I've never used that word. Um, well, himicably. you used
0: it, used it in its proper. Uh, yeah, you did well. I appreciate that.
1: Um, how do you define a brand branding? Like how, like when you're looking at stuff, like, do you, do you think about that? Like, okay, like this weekend startups is this, the fervent four is this something on the water is that, you know, the the Buffalo bills are this, how do you, how do you, how do you define a brand?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, I guess it's how people see, uh, how people feel what, when they see your company or, uh, I guess the interesting thing is if you aren't creating a brand, the brand is going to be created, uh, whether if you like it or not. So, um,
1: so like yeah, the reactions, I, I guess that, that, that,
0: that the feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah the uh,
1: reactions of individuals when they hear, see, view, yeah. That's right. How about you? I mean, (laughs) the reaction that people get to a thing, right? And positive or negative or whatever. I think that's, that's probably the immediate thing. Um, I don't think it's, I think some people would say it's, you know, like the logos and, and all those things. I I, I don't, I don't personally believe that. Um, I think those are far less important um, than the reaction that someone gets when they learn about your thingamajig
0: yeah it's interesting because um like you have you know, brands like probably one of the most iconic brands is 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 apple in terms of market market cap all that kind of good that. stuff but uh i mean yeah i mean it's just but they are not very social uh in terms of interacting with people but
1: no but there's definitely a reaction that you have when you see that yeah but we right. can
0: yeah be curious to hear what our guests' take is on this, because we have the branding icon.
2: Hey um, y'all! Thank you for having me on the show. Very excited to be here. Yeah, how are you? What an, what an iconic name! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to stick stick with the brand of it all. But um, but Brandon, you had it right. It's a feeling. It's a I like to describe it as a texture. It's what people feel. It's what it's the depth of what your nostalgia is. Um, It's your following. It's your consumer journey. It's all of those things wrapped up into one. And that's why I created the Iconic Group or Integrated Consistent Opportunity using Nostalgia, Innovation, and Cultivation. I know it's a long name, but it's all actually a trade secret process that I created. A while ago, after working in television, newspaper, and radio sales, I realized that there was a need to create brands from an innovative concept. And... That was really important to me as a sales, um, as a sales executive. So I created Iconic. Iconic is an actual process with the project management foundation, and it's a little intense and, you know, it's kind of tedious to say, but, you know, the paperwork when I fill it out for the uh, the job is a lot, um, a lot of hand cramps, but it's worth it because, like I said, it's my trade secret, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Branding is more than just logos. It's more than the color scheme. Um, It's more than, you know, personal branding, actually. Personal branding is just a a leg of branding. So um, there's a lot of different branding strategies out there. A lot of people don't recognize that. Like there's a lot of different marketing strategies. There's a lot of different publicity tools and techniques. And all of those things I put together to create kind of a tailor-made campaign for the brands that I work with. So both of you all are right.
1: Okay. An acronym Yes. Good, good job, Tim. An acronym in a Navy town. Go figure. Um, we don't need to go or anything other than that. Um, okay, but here's what, something that's interesting. You just said TaylorMade, which is a golf company, but you used that in a way that was like that. So I'm interested in why people say TaylorMade. Like, what did they do to get people to think like that? Because you just did their job. Same thing with the Xerox. Why don't you go Xerox that? You're not actually Xeroxing that. You're making a copy of the thing, maybe in a Xerox printer. But they, I always forget what this is called. But they, it, you're you're doing that thing as the company has branded themselves, mm-hmm. um, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. But but tailor made is not. It, it's a golf company, right? I mean, it's like why? why yeah, why, but well, I think
0: I think that phrase came before the golf company,
2: right? Came before the golf company for sure. Did well, it? When I say tailor made, it out.
0: Let, let us know, Andrew. I'm, I'm shocked at this. <laughs> well, but... I mean, I, I mean, people had tailor made suits and clothing, you know, long before clothing was produced at scale. Um, would be huh. my my take yeah. on it.
2: tailor made, as far as the actual definition that I'm using it in, is um, creating comprehensive branding, or or to put it into more simpler terms, public relations campaigns that are specifically for this business. And so that's why the term iconic came about. Um, because what I'm doing is I'm creating, I'm creating pinpoints, pressure points. I'm answering, I'm answering pain points and I'm creating tailor-made turnkey campaigns for specific businesses. That way that business can never be like anyone else's. So it's tailor-made and that's why it's iconic if that makes sense.
0: Have you always had that uh, that 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 brain uh, to to make acronyms out of something? I mean, that's in, a, in terms of acronyms goes. That's that's pretty impressive.
2: Um, I've always wanted to separate my clients from the rest, and you know it's kind of difficult to do that when you're working in television because let's be honest, a lot of the commercials that we see out here and a lot of the programs that's created. Uh, and I'm gonna say specifically in the Hampton Roads area are not tailor-made and they're not creative. Um, they're old school. They're a little rinky dinky, a little janky. And I didn't want my clients to come across that way during their actual television campaign. Because of course, when you're doing television, you have to think about your digital marketing. You have to think about your traditional marketing. You have to think about any publicity tours that you're doing um, You and, and people wanna grow. So you're gonna have to do that in such a way that it's more has more fabric and more substance, and I need to be sure that my clients have more substance so that they can stand out into, uh, from their competitors.
1: Tim, you know what we need for this show? Um, Do you ever watch uh, watch what watch what happens live? The um, Andy Cohen show on on E. No. Okay, he's the guy who created all of the shows that everyone hates: Real Housewives and and, and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but I look. While I don't like those shows, I respect him, and I think what he's done is he—he's he, really fulfilled a need that people were are were looking for trash TV, and, and congratulations to that. Um, but he does this thing on the on on his live show where he has guests, and they, there's like a word of the day. And the word of the day—it's like a drinking game. So, like, if that word is said, you drink. And so, like, we needed to figure out like a word of the day, and then try and say it as many times as possible as a drinking game for people, you know. And um, today's word would be iconic, I think. Um, I I don't know, but uh,
2: be drunk before noon.
1: Yeah, it'd have to be beer.
0: Um, No no tequila. I'm curious, though, um, Pamela, in terms of. Like talking about the commercials and everything—is that why do you think that is the case in this area? Is that because we're just a smaller market and we can't hire the talent, or what's the what do you see the reason behind that?
2: Well, um, to speak on talent, people are going to put themselves in a box to get a job, and so a lot of the talent that's here, they want to step outside of the box. I've talked to many reporters. Um, uh, even some journalists, um, writers, and you know, just being in the creative community, in the production community, in the PR community, people want to step outside the box, and they can have the conversation behind closed doors. But they, once they get to their paycheck, they are not going to speak out against them paying their bills and getting their rent and their mortgage paid. So stepping outside of the box takes a risk, and a lot of people don't want to take that risk. And I understand it, but i just am not that way i'm a disruptor um by nature i've always been that way so you know it's taken me some years to understand how to be the disruptor but still be a businesswoman at the same time but because i'm a disruptor because i have no problem with breaking the code and speaking against the boringness that sometimes happens in this community um i you know i'm a little bit of a troublemaker. So we just gonna yeah. leave it at that. Um well, and I have a no problem with being a troublemaker. But some people, um, some people that's in the area, some business owners are just really used to the fabric of keeping it safe and you know, whatever works for their customer. Um they don't want to scare off the customer. They don't want to scare off their employees. And even employee branding is such a thing where you excite the employees and you inform the employees and you retain the employees to believe in your products so that they can give back in such a way. So there's so many different layers to it. Yeah. Um, people aren't interested in stepping outside of that box. And I think the sooner that we do it, the sooner that we can have more entertaining television, more entertaining programs.
0: Yeah. It, it, lo- specifically from the local area, and Zach, you can probably add on to this too. It just seems like this is a place where people go to start their career. We don't necessarily recruit somebody that has been at a similar market or that is willing to break the mold. They they come here and start. It seems like a lot of them are fresh out of college. So it's just, it's very, very textbook as opposed to right. disrupting or trying to be the anomaly.
1: Yeah. I think there's I, I think there's also something to be said of there are places where certain creative is created, right? There, are like, a lot of movies are created in certain areas, right? There, mm-hmm. if you think about creative places, I mean, no dig to this, but I, I don't think if you were to put New York, LA, San Francisco, Austin, Miami, and then Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and the same thing, people would, would probably say those are on different
2: wavelengths. Wavelengths, right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right doesn't mean that there isn't some talent here there clearly is some sort of sure. talent here that's been able to mm-hmm. do that but i don't think from a from a branding perspective this area has been branded as as that thing and mm-hmm. and and i don't know that there ever will be a um a conscious effort to to do that i i know that when you think about some of the agencies that are here um you know they i i don't know that they have a hard time selling talent to, to some of the places I've always heard that the, the biggest challenge is, okay, what happens if I don't want to work there anymore? Where do I go next?
2: Yeah. And do I have to
1: move move somewhere? Right. Hmm. And I think some people think, think about that. It's like, okay, well, if I'm in, if I'm in a, a well populated area of creatives, then there's a well populated area of businesses that I can go to if if the fit isn't right, even if it's just the fit isn't right, and it's just like, oh, I don't like this, I, or, or or I want to make more money or whatever, if that's the, if there's only a handful of those businesses that those individuals can go to, that um, can can be uh, problematic. I think you could say the same thing about the developer community here, right? Cool. There's a. I, I remember back in the day, you know, a lot of them were were very .NET based because that's what a lot of the um,
0: the military, know, uh, yeah. The stuff
1: is. But a lot hmm. of consumer-based applications that are created in the software world are not necessarily .NET. So you have a huge population of one type of developer, but the creative side, the, the the consumer side developer, is actually typically coding using different platforms. And so, yeah, good good amount of people here, but the style of app that wants to be created here doesn't have that. And so, at least hmm. not to the density that people are. So I, I think there is um, there there there's problems like that, um, that that can be a problematic thing.
2: Yeah, I think there's several industries that suffer from it. Um, I know particularly in public relations and far as being an African-American woman in public relations in the Hampton Roads community, there is probably a good two that I can think of right now. One that's been in the industry for decades and, uh, and she's amazing, but she's more in the public sector, um, government. And then another that kind of just uses the name and, you know, calls herself a brand and uses the name publicist and people believe it because they really don't know what a publicist is or what public relations is or even what branding is. This term just came um, popular um, some years ago. So people didn't even understand that they were a brand when they started to create a business or even uh, created their personal brand or even believing in in their resume or cover letter. That's a, that's a start of a brand. That's the start of your personal brand. That's the start of your employee branding. So, um, being, and that's what I feel kind of my duty is, is being a business owner in this area. Although I title this company as an innovative branding company, I like to eventually turn it into a branding studio. Um, I want everybody wants to see their business grow. I want to see my business grow, but I want to see my business grow in the Hampton Roads community. I don't understand why, you know, it's people, like why it's so hard to get a job in PR in this area. It's ridiculous. Like. And a lot of the PR companies are just super small, super tight community. You have to fit inside this mold. And I guess, you know, I'm a little bit different. I got blonde hair, red lips. I have an LLC. I think I'm a little bit different. And then when they meet me, they're like, okay, like she's a lot to take in. I'm not fitting inside the box. So that's why I created my own situation. But, you know, I think that what's really essential to Iconic is to be able to give back. Two other minorities in this industry, in the Hampton Roads realm. And I don't think it's difficult because I talk to people all the time, particularly college students that are interested in public relations, that are interested in television, they're interested in branding, but they can't get hired because they don't fit the mold. And it's really crazy to me. So I'm trying to hmm. break It's a,
1: It's a, it's interesting you say that, Tim. Uh, do you have something you want to say on that? No, no,
0: no, I, I, I'm I'm digesting, go ahead.
1: Because in the broadcast world, I think it's very diverse. I think you can make the argument that broadcast those on, on on TV is very diverse. Maybe more minorities are on TV than than, than ever
2: before, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when I say television, not necessarily news broadcasts. I think there's no, so many opportunities to create television that doesn't have to do with being a journalist. No, no, no. I'm just
1: saying. It, but, it, but people might put that in the in, in the same role from a PR perspective. You know, you said there's two um, two women that mm-hmm. are local, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Um, that that have their own PR firms uh, and they own their own PR firms, is that what you said? They own
2: it, and it's the third one I can think of. Um, but oh. it's just, this has been for years, though. Like, this isn't like, I'm watching the industry. I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening and it's some, it's been a little twinkling here and there, but this has been, I've had Iconic since 2011,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's the same three women since then.
1: Do you think that just other women don't want to start that style of business? What Because, I mean, they're, they're there is that opportunity. There, there is that aspect where maybe they're just, that's not a business that that people want to Well, start. I think I that,
2: know. well, uh, and that's a good question because in particular, what I do is being a branding consultancy is totally different from being just a public relationship. I do do pub, a PR, but um, I'm not just PR. My focus is branding, marketing, PR, publicity, and sales. That's, that's it. That's all my campaigns are and some business development. Um, Some of the companies are just more public sector and government public relations. Um, Some people are a publicist, some people. So it's so many different aspects. It's almost like, well, under the PR umbrella, you can kind of pick out what you want to focus on and create your own categories out of that. But with that being said, under the PR umbrella, there are three women I can think of. And it's been that way for a while.
0: This whole thing's really—I uh, think—it's an interesting challenge, dilemma, whatever word you want to use. But it, I'm just trying to think: what's the solution? How do we how do we change this? Because it seems like it's really, really difficult for larger businesses here to support the smaller businesses, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, then you have uh, <clears throat> those business, those small businesses, like. And you're included you go out you go outside of this region and market yourself outside of this region to get businesses or mm-hmm. to, to, to generate that revenue mm-hmm. and then next thing you know you're a company like we can use grow as an example mm-hmm. now they're too big and none of the local businesses can uh, can afford them because they are uh they're they're working with national brands so it's like i don't know it's just it's it's a really really interesting situation that we're in. And I I don't know how, how do we change that? um...
2: So it's going to have to start with education first and getting people to understand the different aspects of public relations, because if you don't understand kind of what your gift is, like my gift, for instance, is I come up with ideas. I know how to come up with ideas to stand out. And that's really, well, honestly, one of my previous clients, Ali Shafai, and he's still my friend to this day, suggested I started a business when I was at WTVZ. This was uh, 2011, right? And I was like, I'm not thinking of starting a business, but it was instilled in me that, hey, you're helping me change my brand. And mind you, I didn't call it a brand then. I didn't even know that's what I was doing. But you're helping me change my business and I can see that there's a future in this. So why don't you do this for other businesses? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it was instilled in me. What it has to be is an education into a, into the, the sector of marketing, dealing with um, different public organizations, different professional organizations, going inside of these businesses, going inside of these schools, creating programs. And I'm not just going to, you know, say that here and not say that I don't have my own programs that I want to create. I have them all created in, in Everything already created and ready, to be honest with you. I'm just waiting to press go so that I can start developing more public relations professionals and really innovating this craft. One of my favorite companies, Translation, with Steve Stout, is kind of one of the pinnacles of what I would like to create um, from um, from a business perspective, his frame of work, his power, his, his the his power of like clientele with his, his book of clientele is amazing. Um, and Steve Stout's been in the industry for a long time, and this is more the music entertainment rector. But right? all that to say, you really have to start with educating people like, hey, you can do this, or Pam is being successful in this realm. Can let me follow behind her footsteps, let me join her program. And so I think that that's really the bottom line. Have people created what I've created or what I want to start? No, but I just got to start it. <laughs> Like I got to press go. And the thing about it is it makes me nervous, to be honest, you know? And I think every entrepreneur has that fear factor of like, what happened if it sucks or it fails or, you know? But, I, but I, I have it in the bag and it's going to happen, but it has to be education first. It really does. Like people have to understand that you have the capability of being an innovator a disruptor a brand creator or even helping other brands and helping them build business from a from a 2024 perspective and that's okay you don't have to fit the mold that everybody wants to put you in here
1: yeah we lost seven months already
2: <laughs> what do you mean
1: you just said
0: 2024
2: <laughs> i know I that's my frame i'm always around the corner always around the corner
0: yeah. So, what with that education piece, you have a, a new founder that that approaches you. What 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 are the things that you, and they mm-hmm. say, hey, we want to start a brand. What 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 are some of the things that you say? This is where you step one, step two, step three.
2: So, of course, it's curiosity, right? So, um, when I say integrating consistent opportunity we have to find out where's the opportunity in the business that you want to build. So we have to do some market research. We need to understand your industry. We need to know how far out you can build your services. Um, As far as location is concerned, we need to talk about the basics. Then we need to talk about nostalgia. Why did you create your brand? Um, One of the things that I used to do, uh, and I still do, which is, like I said, is part of my trade secret, is to bring out the the foundation of who you are and i ask key questions to build out that foundation um once you have that original dna of what you are and why you created your brand then we go into innovation now how can we make it different how can we use this foundation that you have your original dna innovate it and cultivate it to make it work for everyone um and once we find out those key points, once I ask those key questions, I'm able to take that, use my brain to create events, to create public speaking engagements, create publicity tools and techniques to understand your fears and your boundaries and limitations and what I can do to make sure that you're safe in creating your brand. All of those things I take into consideration. I have over 30 services that I am that I take and I pinpoint to create those tailor-made campaigns. So it's all a formula that I created to make sure that I'm bringing out the original DNA. And once that's done, I'm able to make you stand out. Like there's no reason for you to even worry about my consultancy to even work with my consultancy. If you're not going to stand out and be an iconic, I want high ticket clients. I want to clients. that's going to be like, okay, I'm trying to make six figures in the next six months. What, What do we have to do? And that's what I want to do. That's why I yeah. wanted to be iconic. I keep saying that word. I would be drunk by now if we did that game.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but beer though, beer, not tequila.
1: Tequila's <sighs> tomorrow. tomorrow, May the 4th. Tomorrow, yes. Yeah, no. Tomorrow's tequila. Oh. You know, Cinco de Mayo. No. Oh, um, true. The true. last Mexican beer. Is that what it's called, Mexican beer? They call it Cerveza? that? Cerveza? I don't know. Yeah, but is it called Mexican beer? Is, that what, is it...
2: I have no idea.
1: Like a Corona is a Mexican beer.
2: Right? Uh, I, I probably so I, yeah, is that, I, think, is I that think
1: correct terminology. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is is yeah. in my whatever.
0: They
2: they did a um, terrible
0: job branding.
2: <laughs>
1: any I, I, I believe do. that is the um acceptable way to describe Corona as a Mexican beer. If it's not, please that's don't cancel please don't cancel me for that. I mean, come on, yeah. there are other things I've done there are are far <laughs> far more <laughs> better than that. Anyway, um I'm interested in something that I no longer can remember. So I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. Um, um, Oh, it's about standing out. And you said some, some businesses locally are not necessarily, and maybe it's from the creative perspective of the, the companies that they're working with, but their stuff is, is subpar in your mind. It's, it, it it's, just it's just boring right obviously i think that doing things in a gregarious uh, outlandish uh, ridiculous way is is that's my strategy uh on on how to to get out and to to stand out when you are selling that vision to someone that is a little apprehensive is that a red flag for you that says hey this isn't the right style of client Mm. Or what What do you do? Because I've consulted with people that I know that if they were just a little bit different, that that would that could be the thing. Like, I literally saw someone last night at Jake Mayne's happy hour and he was wearing a turtleneck. And I was like, is that your stick? And he was like, no. And I was like, but I think it should be because no one else is going to be wearing a turtleneck. You can be. And he was in a very um, unpopular business. He mm. uh, financial planner. And I was like, look, everyone hates all financial planners in the way that they market. And you go to these networking events and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you can get people off of you being the financial planner and you being the turtleneck guy, and that's a positive thing, a positive spin, that could be your standout moment. Mm-hmm. He seemed a little apprehensive at that. And I was, but he apparently he wears them. So I was like, I don't know why you don't wear more of them, but for someone that is apprehensive for a style that they're not comfortable with, how do you how do you handle that? Do you, are there, is that a red flag? Where, where are you on that?
2: Well, I used to be like, you would like me to pay, like you would like to pay me to brand you. <laughs> I will take your check. Thank you. Um, not anymore. So uh, I had to learn that maybe it's not the right time for you to work with iconic if you are not willing to. Um, not necessarily stand out, but if you're not willing to answer the pain points that you have a problem with in such a way that's going to make you stand out in your industry, in your market. Like I have to go in and literally understand your consumer journey, your buyer personas. I need to go in and understand your project management. I need to understand your sales. If you are nervous about that, and I present this to you, then maybe you're not right for Iconic. But in order, and that's why I had to add business development and sales success to my platform, because it's one thing to brand someone and come up with all these ideas and these events and you know create this publicity campaign. It's one thing to do that, but if I can't go in and understand the dynamics of your business, the framework of your business, that's more important to me and more essential than coming up with the ideas, because you could come up with the ideas and you won't be ready for the work that comes with it. If you do not do the if you don't handle the foundation, the, the, the project manager and what you created. So I had to add those things into my pedigree. So at this moment, if people or, or founders, CEOs or whoever's the case is uncomfortable with changing those dynamics then they will not be a good client for iconic and that's okay come back when you're ready because i'll be ready to work with you but um i had to learn to not be scared to speak the truth and to let people know hey this may not be uh, this may not be working for you you have an employee that um is uh probably going against the brand or you have um, a foundation here that in your sales process that isn't working. You don't have uh, certain aspects that's standing out. There's some names, some descriptions that can change. Maybe we need to do a photo shoot. Um, maybe we need to do multiple photo shoots. Maybe it's so many different aspects of it all that if we can't put it into, if we can't put it into a framework that works, then this and that's okay. Like you, you may not be good for iconic. But there was a time when I was like. I'll work with you. Like mm-hmm. I can brand anybody, but um, for me to be successful and for my client to be successful, we have to be on the same page, and it's a partnership. And I had to understand that um, it's okay to say no, and yeah. um, and still say be no to drugs. okay. Like say no to drugs. Say. Say no to bad branding, say no to bad sales, say no to bad business development. Ooh, that's a good line.
1: I- say no to bad branding. I
2: like that. Yeah, say no, please. Gosh. You but um, and it even breaks down to intellectual property. I'm not an intellectual property lawyer, but um, there's a lot of people creating digital products, they're creating um, they have they have merch out there, they have ebooks and books, and all these things that's happening, and that intellectual property needs to be handled in a certain way, and you you have to have that conversation. So yeah, it can get it can get down in the weeds, but um, but that's the reason why uh, the the consultancy is built so I can fill in that void for those business owners that don't know.
0: Yeah, it, don't it's really. That- It's fascinating in the sense of, uh, especially on the founder level, uh, whether if they're self-sabotage or some sort of inferiority complex, that that they just will not allow themselves to take on that role of being iconic, Uh, embracing that whether if you like it or not, you are the face of the company Mm -hmm. and you've got to, you are the brand and you've got to keep, keep moving forward. And so many founders, the business fails because they're not willing to embrace that position.
2: You're right. And on top of that, you know, one thing I had stopped Iconic for a while because I wanted to, I didn't feel comfortable with what, doing an a la carte type of marketing campaign where you can kind of pinpoint or kind of pick out all of some of my services. I want this, I want that, I want this, and I want a little bit of this. And I had to create I literally changed the whole framework of everything, and I made it into comprehensive packages, and I worked with um, a company called No BS Branding in Brooklyn, and she basically trained me for an entire year, like literally for free, which is crazy to me. Her name is Pia, and she she's a writer for Forbes, and I've been working with her and her group at No BS Agency, and she taught me that you... Well, first off, I wanted to change the framework. Second off, working with her inside of this, I've realized that I can create packages that'll be best, uh, that can be best used by my clients for them to get better results. And if they get better results, I get better results. And I had to change the whole framework. And it's like, once you understand kind of how consulting works and how you can create systems and processes inside of your business so that it's easier for you, you get more freedom, you get more money, and then your clients are happy. Like, it's like, I, it, I just, it just made perfect sense to me. And so that's just one of those things where I'm like really excited to get back in the fold of things with this new framework, especially starting in the Hampton Roads area, because now I'm gonna see how, how these packages work and people are gonna see why, you know, oh my gosh, pause. Zach, I, this I tell people this all the time. There was this one time, and Ryan, you came and spoke to us. Remember your business class that you used to have? Remember I Me? was there? Yes, or Tim? No, no, Zach. You came, Tim came to speak once, and that's when I first met you, Tim. Yep. But you remember your business class? And yeah, you asked, sure. You asked. Um, you asked. A hatch? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't at Hatch. It was at like the. Norfolk downtown Norfolk inside on Main Street, I think. Uh Um anyway, you asked the class what their consulting prices were per hour. Like what's their hourly consulting? (laughs) And I didn't want to answer. Everyone was like, everyone was like 150, 215 an hour, like even ninety. And I was like, I I was like, please don't come to me. I was just sitting in the back of class, like, please don't come to me. And I said $40 an hour and you were like, what the hell? (laughs) I I was so embarrassed, but I was like, what did I, I didn't know. Like I had no idea how to do business, how to. But that is so
0: common. But it's it's so common. common.
2: And I was, I was literally the lowest in the class and you were like, Pam, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so even that being said, I needed to sit back and, grow the business the way I knew I could scale it. And so when I talked to Pia and I did, I redid my framework and I started my packages, I know I can scale from there. So it put me into a whole nother frame of mind, but Zach, you started that.
0: You know, you I to- uh, we started <laughs> the show about podcasts, uh, what I'm listening to. So uh, I just listened to the one uh, Jason had, uh, the founder of Fire Festival on. Mm-hmm. The guy that went to jail, just or he served yeah. four I was about years? Isn't that the
2: one that's like? Yeah, is yeah. Going to do another one.
0: So he's out uh, now, and he's doing he's doing consulting work for marketing work. And Jason asked what his hourly rate was. What did he say? Probably a couple 18, grand. Eighteen hundred an hour. Yeah.
2: Wow. Let's yep. see. I believe people people will pay it when it makes sense. I think when I heard Zach talking about it, I didn't understand if it made sense for me to charge that. But once I heard that the people that were charging more than me were only in business for a year or two years, and this was probably 20... I forgot what year that was. Like I know it was before the pandemic. But I was like, oh, what you don't know, you don't know. And I was literally lowballing myself. But yeah, he... He was in jail bringing up a, a brand new formula, I'm sure. Somebody's going to pay him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the marketing aspect was great. The uh, business execution aspect, not so much. But uh, execution yeah. Execution. And so it, it was an interesting interview. And, and he certainly, whether he likes it or not, he got a lot of name recognition, uh, good mm-hmm. or bad, uh, mm-hmm. from the time that he had served. But um, I'm curious what your take is. You're talking about how you have to implement something new bold, courageous, to be that icon, to stand out. How long do you give uh, that new thing before you determine if it's successful or it's just not going to take and you have to try something different? Hmm. Oh,
2: uh, that's a good question. So it's dependent I on... I don't, th- no, go
0: ahead. I, I'm, I'm not even sure if there's a right answer. I'm just curious what your professional opinion is. I'm interested
1: too, because in two, there's a company... Um, about i don't know 10 15 years ago um that started doing something crazy and i'll give you their answer afterwards but i'm i'm interested in pam i I
0: think that people tend to to kill it too quick but yeah i'm Um, curious how long how long do you give something before you uh decide to pull the plug
2: People people do kill it too quick or they have the expectations, uh, unrealistic expectations, because that's not what marketing is about. You have to change people's minds. And you really, and, and, and me speaking about changing the dynamics of your sales and your business development, and your intellectual property, your publicity even, it takes time. Um, And I think one of my mistakes when I first started was that I was over delivering and wasn't getting the results that I knew I should have gotten in four to six weeks. That's not realistic. My branding campaigns is specifically for like my iconic clients is a minimum four months. And that's with regard to um, KPIs and objectives and goals. And that's where some of the market research and analytics comes into play because then I have to talk about numbers and then I need to talk about what's effective and what's not effective. Um, and those conversations have to be had, and I need to educate and explain it to the client. On okay, we this isn't working right here, but let's let's turn it a little bit. Let's let's add another turnkey objective here, where it's going to be more realistic for you to reach your goals. Um, marketing has always always had an issue with numbers, where you have to explain to the business owner exactly what's happening. Even when you explain it, they still don't understand. So um, what I've created inside of my campaigns is everyone is a minimum of four months. Um, I wanted to do every quarter but three months was just no no it was just 90 days was just not enough for me um so it's a minimum four months for my iconic clients but for the rest of my clients and some of my other packages um what i'm doing is i'm teaching them what to do when i'm no longer a part of the the business and with that being said um things are on a certain timeline whereas i create content for you for a whole year or um I'm, I'm giving you publicity tools and techniques that last six months. So it's this dependent upon the package, but for the clients in particular, that is four months, and it's all KPIs, it's all objectives and goals, and it's all marketing analytics on whatever platform that we're using. Even with traditional marketing, I want to know how many people. Sorry, as police officer, I live in Portsmouth. Sometimes that's normal. <laughs> it's a lot of them. What's the, that's the
1: thank brand? What's the brand behind town. Portsmouth? Is what you just said.
2: Oh, they they're not quick, ready for that conversation. And that's
1: what and that's what
2: they're trying to <laughs> You know, that's just too intense right there. I'm not even about to go there because I'm gonna get a phone call. <laughs> I
1: do have I do have some um controversial topics that I won't to talk to you about, but we'll end the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Um but,
2: but yeah, that that's a great question because people are not the marketing analytic piece. I want to know how many people are coming into your door after the campaign. There's, starts. A,
1: there's yeah. a lot you have to really unpack on that, and I think people um, aren't actually peeling back the onion in the slightest way properly. So number one is the frequency of that delivery. How often are people even potentially seeing that? Right. Uh Very minimal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once that person sees that thing, which could, so I think I wrote this in Anomaly. If it wasn't, it was in some of the talks I've done since. Um, <laughs> the only study I've ever been able to see that says how many ads we see a day. Well, I, I, Pam, I'll ask you this, because I know Tim knows the answer. How many ads do you think you see a day?
2: Oh, um, I would say probably a good 30 to 60.
1: Exactly, so not even close to being right. And okay. everyone's always low. The number is 5,000 ads a day. We're constantly seeing ads. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's you versus four thousand nine hundred ninety nine others every single day. Now, if you're competing against that, once that ad is actually delivered in front of you, it takes at least six times for you to start having that thing registering. Okay, this is what that thing actually is.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And then if it fits to what you're looking for, maybe then you'll start to actually get, get into into uh-huh. what it is uh-huh. um so i interviewed so so, so thinking about those numbers uh-huh. if all you do is post one thing on twitter once and you think that you're gonna make a million dollars on it but you have no followers you're not doing anything else around it it's very unlikely so i interviewed the founder of one hour um heating and air uh i can't recall his name so todd todd something i think maybe and uh-huh. they had started the bandit commercials um right. have you ever yeah. do you remember those tim
0: yeah oh mm.
1: Tim, do you remember those? You look like yeah, I just... don't know if I do. Okay. Um, so it was like a redneck um uh HVAT guy was bandit, and they basically said he was the unprofessional, if you will, like Ooh. the drunk redneck HVAC guy mm. that you don't want to come to your house. So they hired this company in Austin, and the company in Austin said you have to give it one year for this to start to work. And I remember Todd Kletz, I think is his name, now that I'm thinking about it he said it took 11 and a half months for the phone to start ringing for those campaigns.
2: What kind of campaigns were they doing? Radio. Oh, radio. 12 um, months
1: I've of radio campaigns. An
2: before. Uh, and they do, they do a lot of marketing and they do, um, I think they do some outdoor. Um,
1: yeah, they do a, they do a ton of different things and you have a ton to do it.
2: Things now, but, yeah. but yeah, it takes a while. A and year. Yeah, it takes a while, but it just depends as far as, what I do in the the services that I give, I'm not even talking about advertising. Advertising is a totally when you do television, you do radio or you do any print advertising it's totally different. Um, and that's what people a lot of people think of like sometimes in publicity, there's so many different ways to stand out, a lot of them just being a little tricky, a little odd, a little. Scandalous. It's Ooh. what it is, and and a lot of people have to understand like that. Salacious, uh, being salacious and standing out is part of branding. It's part of publicity, and so yeah, I've talked to the marketing manager at one hour just a couple of months ago, and she was explaining to me some of the things that they have going on, and it's it's that they're, they're not afraid to stand out, and which is you know it's the it's the name of the game. So,
1: Tim, when was the last time you think I was in Inside Business?
0: Was it? Was it? Was what? Probably when you were on the the last when you were on the power list or whatever it was, right?
1: I would I would assume that maybe the book something like that, right? So it's been Mm -hmm. what four or five years since I've had an article in that. Mm -hmm. I met some guy last night at an event, and he goes, "I've read about you all the time." I didn't know. He's like, "I know everything about you," and I'm just like, "Yes." So it's been five years basically since any. I would say four or five years since any of those things. But Mm -hmm. that muscle memory came back. That he was like, "Oh wow!" And I was just and I just laughed, and I was just thinking myself. Yeah, that's how it is enough. with me
0: as well. Uh, with the whole uh, used to, you know, the website aspect, you know, it's like, man. But. Oh yeah, it's, just,
1: it's um,
2: for sure. Start I wheel. We, were do- we were doing. I saw start wheel in the bathroom. We <laughs> had flyer in the bathroom, and I was like, "That's what I'm talking about." I mean, that's. But I knew you before then, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it wasn't me that put it there. I can tell you that for sure. Someone oh, must have just left it behind because they were tired of carrying it. But it worked, I so it I, I appreciate it.
2: Was, it wasn't Hatch. It was where was it? Um percolator.
1: There Perfect. you go. Mm-hmm. Well, um that is the new ad for start wheel. I think you just like yep, you, when you're in your in the bathroom, look for the flyer. You know, there it is. <laughs> so- uh, so yeah. they're, Here they're your event, framework. your your start wheel events of the week at the end. Right. Of the Let me make that's sure right. I
2: attend this event real quick. Yeah. Before
1: I leave the bat. I don't think I laughed as hard on the show. <laughs> I mean, that was good. Oh <laughs> man. I was probably.
2: Uh, but but I, no, that's that's really. I mean, Zach. A lot of people know you. Like. Sure. I'm just saying, like, I'm sure you get it often, but a lot of people want to get your brain too as well, like. So how do you even handle some of the people that ask you questions? Because you are a consultant. You do kind of say
1: here's the fee. Right. Let's go to work. Right. (laughs) I like and then they say they're making 40, you know. I said, how much do you charge an hour? And they say forty bucks an hour. And then they curl (laughs) up in a little ball in the back of the room. The reason like I don't think you should be ashamed of that. I think there's a lot of reasons why people under sell themselves. I think maybe they don't, um, believe they're worth that. I think one of the easiest ways to look at it is how much money are you making off of your campaigns, at least in this style of business, how much money are you making for those people, right? And Mm -hmm. I have some clients that are making tens of thousands of dollars per client for some of their stuff. And they're charging, you know, a a handful of dollars, basically. And I'm like, you really need to uh, reanalyze how you're doing this and establish right. a number that makes sense for the amount of money, the amount of value you're creating them. Because if you're basically selling them at 2%, 1%, and they're making all this money on you, maybe you should make it 10, 15, 20% of that value. Yeah,
2: you one Because if
1: you're making them $25,000 a month and you're charging $500 a month, right. that's a hell of a deal for them. Right. Maybe they should be charging five to 10 for something like that. I mm-hmm. think that's more of a respectful number on both parties. Right. Um, but that—that that is hard. There there's a, a complex in there. I don't think it's Napoleon. What's that? There's some sort of complex and a superiority complex and like that,
0: mm-hmm. where yeah, the pe- inferiority complex, inferiority
1: complex. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People, are, people don't think they're, they're worth it.
2: Right. And, right. Um,
1: I think you could but say it, that to this region. I think there, there, there could be an inferiority complex to this region where they like, on oh, the flip side worthy. though.
0: Wayne's world. The other part that, that, that makes it even more difficult is the fact that so with what you're doing and then like like when I just touched on uh, the, the website aspect of it, everybody thinks they know how to do it. But they at, at the end of the day, they don't have a clue on, on what they're supposed to be doing. So that said, there could be a natural tendency to be like, well, I got to I got to generate some revenue. I need to pay some bills. So I need to lower my rate. So like th- I think that that's the away a lot of people will go, whereas it's kind of counterintuitive, like if you the more you charge then the more expectations and results people are going to see. So it's just it's it's interesting. I, I I, it's a, I start, feel it's yourself, a starting
1: point, right? But then you yeah. got to realize, okay, after I get these three clients, I'm going to change my rates again. Three more clients change my rates again because you're, and I think you have to go into it like that, right? It's kind of, it's kind of like the freemium model. Okay. Let me test this out first. See if someone likes this. Okay. I'm going to try and convert five of these people to a paid number. Okay. I'm going to do it a, a little higher next time. Yeah. Um. Cause a lot Unless of people. This, let's face it.
0: This area is cheap. This area is super, super cheap. <clears throat>
1: But a lot of people are building businesses and they're not actually running the numbers correctly to say, Hey, like right. how, I agree. how big I agree. is this cap? Right. And the cap is hundreds of people and they think it's millions of people. And it's mm-hmm. like, but where are you going to get that? So, so their numbers make sense if there's a, you know, a pot big enough, but that pot isn't big enough. And so if they're going to do it for a handful of people, they need to look at those numbers there or maybe not develop that piece. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I told a couple of people at a, at a class at hatch about something like that. And they were like, Oh, we never ran our numbers like that. And I'm like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you want you want to make six figures in the next six months. Here's what you're gonna to have to do to get that number. Right. Well, let's let's think it through that way.
2: Right. You are right on the money, seriously. And uh- I have to do that with my clients and I have to start off with, that's why I have to start off with sales because I need them to understand if this is the salary or the business that the numbers that you want to create, then this is the kind of packages that needs to happen. This is how many hours per week we need to do. And this is the price point that we need to have. Um, are you okay with asking for this? Cause if you're not, then you're not going to get to that number at all. And I think what's really difficult sometimes and a problem that I face is you know, I want. I created the business so that I can work with small businesses, and so they can have public relations access in the local area because a lot of businesses don't. And I didn't want them to be fearful of not. i I didn't want them to be fearful of how much I cost, but with the amount of work that's put in, I can't. I couldn't let my numbers go down. So, um, but I still want them to have access to public relations services in the local area. So I kind of battle between those things, but that's why I created comprehensive packages that works for certain levels of business. If you can't do A, then let's look at B. Um, If you have just a rebranding issue, then that's two weeks of service. Like, so it's like I had to go in and recalibrate, but I've only been able to do that because of my many years in business. Um, I wouldn't have known if I first started. But, and also, having someone train me and mentor me into understanding what salary I wanted, what I deserved, and the value that I had to offer to get what I wanted. Um,
1: you're not getting you know, an hour of service. You're getting fifteen years of my brain doing this thing
2: exactly. towards
1: that service, and that's mm-hmm. a different way to look at it.
2: Yeah. and um those particular services, I mean, whatever whatever the the client is uh, in need of, um, I do it in such a way that, yes, I can build your brand in a day. That's one of my VIP intensives. We literally go to a five-star hotel. I pay nope. for your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We nope. sit down with the computer. You have iconic materials. You have iconic merch. You have my brain. And for a certain amount of money, you have an intensive for a day, and you have a whole brand. So it's build your brand in a day or you can build your brand in a year, which is the basically the, the, the leading service. So that's why I'm excited about it because there's so many different options for different, uh, different levels of business and whether it's in the local area or not.
0: Tim. Yeah. I think another challenge that, that you, I'm sure you've experienced, we've all experienced is Mm -hmm. uh, our region has a tendency to want to copy what other Oh, Marco municipal uh, <laughs> metropolitan areas do. So we have to do what Nashville did or we have to do what yeah. Atlanta's doing, and uh-huh. um, it that's a challenge as well. So it's like we've gotta we've gotta believe in ourselves. we've gotta support one another. we uh, at the end of the day we are just we are very different from all of those places. And we that's have a to, selling point. Bring, right yeah,
2: it is it is it's a selling point for sure. I mean,
0: I'm tired of hearing, oh, well, we need to look at how this place is doing it or how that place is doing it. And it's like, how about we just look at how we should be doing it and make it happen? I mean,
1: these organizations go on regional trips to different places to literally just try to pick their brains and try to figure out stuff.
0: It's like, come on. And at that point, it's too late.
2: Right. I mean, to create the foundation of whatever they're picking their brain about. You have to go back and think you're going to recreate it. Looking at someone's Instagram, Facebook page or website and recreating it is not building the foundation or the framework that's going to be successful. So you can't copy. Um, It's going to have to be tailor made. It's going to have to stand out. And especially people can feel when it's authentic or not. Like, you know, thinking that you're going to copy Miami or New York City for instance, it doesn't work that way. I, for one, have never, I haven't seen a company like my company, and I'm not even trying to be funny. Even Translation, the company I just spoke about, they're very different in what I do. I just admire them. Um, A lot of public relations company, I see what they're doing, but I just admire them. It hasn't changed my framework whatsoever because I know what I'm good at. Um, But as far as copying in the region, I mean, copying literally in in this marketplace, I've been copied from so many times, it's ridiculous. That's why I had to add intellectual property, trade secrets. I had to get trademarked for Iconic. Um, I'm working on my next trademark now so that I don't have to run into the legal issues that's happening with people stealing ideas because people can't come up with anything for SHIT. Like, I'm like, I. Uh, did I just post that and then somebody else is going to blow back and post the same thing and then tag it that they did it. So it's just,
1: well, I'm stealing you know, your say no to bad branding line. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm copying left.
2: Take that, take that. Cause my job is to come up with ideas. So I'm gonna come yeah. up with another one by the time we get off of here. But well,
0: I mean, if you look at how we digested just this show. Uh, so Zach, you shared that uh, a, a campaign took eleven, eleven and a half 11 and a half months to take. Uh, With
1: a lot of money being pushed out towards that too. That's
2: what they're going to do. They're going to charge. They're going to charge. I I had a company in Chesapeake, They company charged them six grand, a very well-known local PR company, six grand. I'm sorry, not six grand, six figures. And they came up with the most minimal, minuscule ideas possible. And I was like, I can't believe I'm looking at this proposal and y'all are charging yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, it, so
0: if you look at, hey, we, we're going to start this new campaign. We're going to take a trip to Nashville, for example. Just picking a city. Uh, we're going to take a trip to Nashville. We're going to look at all the things that they're doing and then try to replicate it. I mean, it's the thing. My point is, is that Nashville had to build that brand probably over three, four, five years, and then there was another year of planning that went on to that. So now you're talking four, five, six years old branding plan that you're trying to do and then it's going to take us another year or two to figure out a plan to start implementing it it's just like at that point it's already too late the market it's has moved on
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and
1: what worked for them won't work for you because right. that
0: right. that sale has passed
2: number one yep that's absolutely true you i mean it's got just like
0: the, point. the whole thing if you've read about the uh the stock tip on the on the news uh it's already too late you know mm-hmm. that, that the that stock has moved up unless down. you're
1: unless you're doing it on uh, GameStop on Twitter and then then follow away.
0: Even that, man, you're still the bag holder, man. <laughs> it's just way too mm-hmm. late.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think when people understand and realize that as business owners, they're going to see like, okay, this we need to really put some more money into the public relations space, into the innovation space, because I don't think people really understand that it, we are. I'm already thinking about 2024. I'm already all my content is already done for the entire year. And it's, it's what, May. Like I've started this September last year. So my content is already done. And now I can put in individual pieces of uh, content in between what I've already created. But I'm a writer by nature. Zach knows this. I've been writing for years. So it's nothing for me to come up with content. However, now I'm thinking about what am I going to do next year? How am I going to stand out? What tools are available on social media so that i'm not in overdrive i know i can't do everything i don't i know i can't do a whole three four reels a day and a whole bunch of stories but i know that i know how to intelligently speak about my industry and i can help business owners and that's literally like two to three different pieces of content a week that's it anything else i can just kind of drop put in there as far as marketing trends are concerned as far as breaking news is concerned or as far as um Different branding ideas and tips and or whatever is concerned, but all of those things are inputted way beforehand. So once people understand that, especially I'm not saying content is king and everything is content, but people want to be seen as industry leaders. People want to be seen as experts. They want to be seen as scholars, but they don't want to put the work that it takes to put to to get to it. And and that's where I run into kind of issues with business owners is I want to do public speaking. I want to um, I want to write a book. I want to, um, I don't know, I want to, you know, do different pieces of content. I want to do tips every day. I want Ooh. to do questions. They want to do a whole bunch of stuff. But you're not willing to put in the work to really get the DNA out there so people can believe you. Preach. We're not, we're not doing this for fun. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I went on a tangent there. But that's
0: how no, it's all, they, all all stuff that we talk about on this show and, and mm-hmm. have uh, many, many times.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then people can't be afraid of tech like I, it's, I'd be it's surprised like people want me to do everything for you but I can't do that for everybody right but they're scared to get on the technology uh, the technology platform or they don't understand it or they're not willing to learn about it um, that,
1: that's fine but guess what everyone else is on technology so
2: right <laughs> wait did he free Zach are you there come back, yeah, yeah. Come back.
0: this is a uh... That's a that's our Thursday challenge that we typically have. I'm Are surprised. You that, yeah, yeah. Zach will normally freeze up right around this time every Thursday, uh, and do I don't want to say anything, fly but fly typically, fly. I will have airplane noise flying overhead, which it's been really, really quiet today. But that's welcome okay, back, Zach.
2: I'm on. But I I do have a question for you guys. How do you guys feel about like? the events that the networking events that happen? Because I don't necessarily, I don't go out much and I know COVID happened and all that stuff and people are just now starting to go back out, but what's worth it as far as networking events is concerned? Because I don't know, it seems like it'd be overwhelming amount of events that's happening and people in incubators and accelerators and what how do you how do you have an entrepreneur kind of sparse out what's worth it and what's not because it seems like there's a lot that's happening out here.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of people that ask me what what are the events that are worth going to, um, and it's yeah, I mean, it's I think it's probably the same with what you say. It's content, it's value it's of your time, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not interested in going to a, uh, I don't even know what they call those groups uh, yeah, where you're, you're I, I'm not interested in going to a business card passing type of event. That's just not yeah. my, that's not my thing. I, I. To me, I would much rather meet one or two people and have a a, meaningful conversation that I'm like, once this is done, I want to continue on the conversation and, and let's grab coffee or lunch or, or keep the conversation going. That Those are the things that I'm looking looking for um and just like we were talking about i think there's a lot of copy copy things that go on oh they're doing this event so we're going to do this event uh and then yeah i guess it's a it's tough i I would look at what are the longer longer what what, what events have the longest been doing it the longest because yeah they've proven themselves to be worth it
1: I, i i would i would um I would say, look at what you're looking to get out of it, right? And so if you're looking to be educated on a specific topic, maybe go to one of those educational events. If you're looking to just network to network, meet as many people as possible, try to find groups that have your target customers in there and then just go make friends with them. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try and sell them. That, that's how I would look at it. You know, I was mm-hmm. at a networking event last night. Uh, I've said that four times now. Um and are,
0: is Jake paying you?
1: You know, he, yeah. Jake pays me. <laughs> Jake pays. Good. Networking happy hour.com. I think it's networking. Um, The, you know, I think you just got to figure out what you're looking for. Right. And so, and if you take a risk and that event sucks, just put that on your, do not attend list. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's no harm in going to some of these things. There's plenty of events. You know, I remember in 2010 um, the, the thing was, Hey, you know, there's, there's only a handful of things to do a week or a month. And now it's well. There's a lot more things to do every every week. Sometimes multiples on every day. Right. Those are good things. Just find the ones that make sense that are around yeah. the crowd that that makes sense for you, and take a couple risk. And sometimes mm-hmm. if 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 they suck, they suck. If they're great, right. they're great. Um, I I do like the idea of long tenured events. I think that's a good way to look at it. If something's mm-hmm. still around and has been around for a long time, maybe there's some maybe there's a good backbone to that as to as to why so
2: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i'm looking to get iconic back out there and you know maybe you guys well, will see me face to face eventually little,
0: little plug for for may 18th we're doing our hr biz wheel quarterly expo the 18th uh
2: yeah i just saw that um sliver,
0: at the slover yep
2: i'm gonna be there how about that yeah, oh wait yeah. can i get more information on the website you
0: guys yep. are right start yeah, backslash Wilson. events But uh, to your point, when I first started uh, Startwheel, we would have a handful of events a week. Now, on our calendar, we average over 50 events a month uh, that are on our calendar. So, yeah, there's a lot to choose from.
2: Wait, can y'all see me?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't know where the... Anyway, um, no, I messed around and went to the website. And now I got to go back through my many tabs um, because I'm OCD and I hate to... Get rid of tabs. But um, but anyway, yeah, thank you for answering that. Oh, here you go. Thank you for answering that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just looking forward to getting back out there. I'm looking forward to meeting new business owners, but more importantly, it's about the value and the time that I receive from them. Um, but I'll definitely be at the event on the 18th.
0: Yeah, sure. I look forward to seeing you.
2: Yay! We have a
0: big announcement that we're gonna make. Really? Yeah.
2: Ooh. I like big announcements. Mm-hmm. Has to do with the, I'm sure it has to do with the entrepreneurship community.
0: It does. Very
1: cool. Pam, Thanks. we appreciate your time. And okay. uh, everyone, you can check her out. Uh, and iconic at the Dot com.
0: Thank
1: you. Until next Thursday, peace.
2: Bye, so you long, guys. Everybody.